The opinions expressed in Fintech in Focus News and Views are those of the speakers only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Corpay or Fleetcore Incorporated. Welcome to Fintech in Focus News and Views. I'm Ron Nachman. This podcast explores B2B payments and AP in the age of automation. As electronic payments gain traction with more AP teams working remotely, there's a lot to talk about. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions. Please email us at podcast at corpay.com. That's podcast at C-O-R-P-A-Y.com. Since the beginning of 2022, Sven Henriksen has been the president and general manager of the Accounts Payable Automation Group at Corpay. He got there after leading the growth strategy team that was key to bringing together a set of separate vertical payment businesses to help form the corporate payments company that we know as Corpay. Now his Corpay AP Automation Group is facing the challenges and maximizing the opportunities of bringing best-in-class automation to the B2B payment sector. I caught up with Sven to learn his story and find out what he sees in the payments market right now. Here's how it went. Talk about your journey to Corpay and your foundation in transformations, operations, and growth strategy. Yeah, sure. Happy to. I joined Fleet Corps about four years ago, um, actually on our fuel side. Uh, I ran North American fuel operations. Uh, I came from McKinsey prior to that, where I did a bunch of restructuring work. Think of going into Fortune 500 companies. They're about two years out from bankruptcy, and uh, they would hire a firm like McKinsey to help them turn around the whole business. It was phenomenal work, incredibly interesting, because you were really at the forefront of what was the most important thing that a large uh, company had to solve. After doing that for close to four years, I, I found that instead of doing this for a company and then moving on, I'd much rather continue to create an impact on the same company over and over and over again. And I came across Fleet Corps, which has obviously been an incredibly acquisitive company over the years. Over 60 acquisitions that have been made since its inception, over 20 acquisitions since it's been founded uh, across a a wide variety of uh, industries, all always within the payments industry. But so I I very much so gravitated um, when I left, when I was thinking about leaving McKinsey to Fleet Corps because of its growth story. So when I joined four years ago, we had just announced that we are committing to the marketplace that we're going to grow uh, 10% organically year over year, which was a a big change for this company because we had historically grown significantly via acquisition. So for a company to actually commit to an organic growth number in addition to the growth that we commit to through acquisitions – was a sig- significant strategic change. And I got the benefit to actually be part of that growth. And so, as I was saying earlier, I joined about four years ago on the fuel side, uh, ran operations there, and quickly was approached by our then uh, group president of the corporate payments division, which we've now rebranded to Corpay, to, to actually lead what we call the strategic initiatives group. So this was really leveraging a lot of my experience from my McKinsey days of doing turnarounds 
And what it was specifically focused on was three different aspects. There was post-acquisition integration, then there's process optimization, and then any type of uh, one-off strategic type uh, of a project. And so uh, over the last three years, I was able to integrate a couple of companies, including Invoice Pay. I was uh, I, I live in Atlanta, but was able to fly over to Portland about every other week for about a year, uh, which was great. Got to obviously get to know the team here and everything, and understand like what a what a wonderful company Invoice Pay really has become. And it's always interesting to start getting involved in a company that is grown very much so organically through more of a bootstraps approach because it it was a startup, obviously. And then for a large corporation to come in and provide a little bit more structure, provide a little bit more investment to help excel that growth, create a little bit more rigor in some of the processes so that we can provide a more consistent customer-level experience. And so over over the last... um, Three years now, since Invoice Pay has joined the Fleet Core family, we've implemented significant changes. I think uh, everyone would say that it, it's been significant positive changes. You can just look at the the performance, uh, the business performance results. We've been growing at a phenomenal rate. It's one of the fastest growing companies actually within the entire Fleet Core umbrella. It's a great beacon of the organic growth that we're able to achieve here. One thing that I've particularly come to love about Fleet Corps is that I was hired at, for a completely different role than where I am now. And over the time period of the last four years, I've had various roles that have always had a significant growth impact, but the flavor of how I was able to provide that value has changed. So I started off within operations, then moved into mostly acquisition integrations, and then most recently now uh, have become the general manager of our AP automation business. And I don't think there's that many companies where you have that great of a developmental path opportunity as you really do here at Fleet Corps. And a lot of that is actually from its acquisitive nature. We continuously grow, and as we acquire new companies, there are new opportunities. But then it's also because of our aggressive um, year-over-year growth targets through organic growth that require us to constantly change and challenge ourselves in new ways. And as we challenge ourselves in new ways, we again start looking at things differently and create new opportunities again and create new products or create new teams to address a market segment that we hadn't yet approached. And so I just think it's a... It's a phenomenal thing to to look back on and see how much change there has been. It's also a phenomenal thing to then look forward and just think of all the other positive change that can still come. In the economy now, we're not seeing as many kind of cataclysmic changes. In this time of kind of incremental economic crises, like mm-hmm. issue kind of layered upon issue, how, how have you seen best-in-class card solutions and payment solutions having an effect? As we are in an ever-changing economic environment uh, and as we have a focus on, uh, on growing the, the global economy, a lot of that growth also needs to come through access to working capital. 
So one of the things that the payments industry is actually able to do is provide credit or working capital solutions to our customer base so that they can um, actually facilitate their day-to-day business. This becomes particularly important as you look at smaller companies, so in the SMB space, where if they are buying things from very large corporations and they're just the little fish in the big pond, that the payment terms that actually get forced upon them are incredibly unfavorable. They have 60, 90, 120-day payment terms. And if we're not able to offer these customers of ours some type of credit facility, some of them would, would go bankrupt. So if we actually force them to pay uh, on the day that the bill was due, some of these companies wouldn't make it through the end of the month or be able to pay uh, their employees for all the hard work that they've done. So I think that's just, just one small area, I would say, where, where the payment space has been able to create a, a large significant impact. It also becomes interesting as you look at supply chain financing companies out there that provide a more robust type of credit facility towards customers where I'm a company that just recently invoiced one of my large customers $100,000. I have very unfavorable payment terms. I'm not going to get paid for another three months from them. But all of my cost has actually already been incurred in being able to provide that service. Mm-hmm. Supply chain financing companies are now able to provide you a significant portion of that $100,000 up front so that you can then continue to run your business over the course of the next three months until the paycheck or the the payment would have theoretically come in. Got it. So that has been one of the inroads to reaching to SMBs where previously, I think... SMBs, and I would also say as you go more up market. I mean, it mm. wouldn't be enterprise companies because they have different accesses to capital. They have good credit scores. They're able to go to their their banks and, and get larger credit lines. But, yeah, I mean, I would say up into the middle market of companies that have $100 million of revenue a year, $250 million of revenue a year, uh, they they can't always get access to this capital as quickly as these fintechs are able to provide. So how do you see the adoption by the market of both automated payments specifically and general AP automation? What are you seeing out there? I'm seeing that customers are becoming more smarter or companies are becoming more smarter of how to actually monetize areas of their business that they in the past were just thinking was an administrative burden. And what you're also seeing is in countries like the U.S. where you have a ton of corporations that are growing at an incredibly rapid pace that it's not something that they can actually invest a lot of brain share on. And they look to outsource their AP department. And so this is where companies such as Corpay really come in and can shine because the value proposition is not only let us do all the work for you, but actually let us say thank you by paying you a monthly rebate. Let us pay you for, en- for enabling us to actually do the work for you. 
And so the automated payments of it is just the let me now just not have to think about this administrative burden and ensure that the payment actually makes it to my vendor on time. Why are companies now paying attention to the idea of a payment strategy? And how is this supplier experience related to that strategy? Companies are starting to pay more attention to the payment strategy because it's become something that has become more top of mind because it is something that you see in the news a lot more. There are more Fortune 500 companies out there that now actually service this space. So there's starting to become household names that people would identify within this space. What's interesting about the entire payment space, though, is our customers, who in the traditional sense would be our source of revenue, in the payment space are actually someone that we typically pay and who we service. But the vendor, who's not our customer, is actually our source of revenue. And so what I'm seeing a lot of change in the marketplace happening is we not only need to provide a great service to our customers, but how do we actually provide that great service to a supplier so that they see value in doing business with a payments company? And how do we make their lives easier and not just processing the payments, but also accessing those funds potentially earlier. Like the example earlier of supply chain financing capabilities are a fantastic way to help those suppliers actually get more value out of the payment stream through working capital solutions. How do you see the current situation with payment fraud right now? And why do you think it's changing? Sadly, fraudsters are always at the forefront of all of the technological innovations. And so fraud is becoming something more and more top of mind for companies as we go to market. It's something that Corpay does a fantastic job of actually protecting our customer base against. But our processes to capture fraudulent activity have to continuously evolve. And why they need to continuously evolve is because the fraudsters continuously evolve. And what they're realizing is as more and more of the payments go electronic, it's easier for them to intercept them. And it now just requires you to have a couple, uh, it just requires you to have the routing number and the account information. And if that gets into our system or if one of our customers gets hacked, we need to be able to identify that before that payment goes out. And the other concerning thing is a fraudster could have a thousand attempts at this. They only need one to actually go through. Because as we have more adoption of electronic payment methods, we're also seeing the average transaction size actually increase. Mm. And as that average transaction size increases, well, capturing one fraudulent payment becomes more valuable to you. And so what we, we've seen in the past is that they'll typically try with a smaller payment to see if it goes through and then immediately go with a larger payment thereafter because they're picking vendors or sup customer supplier uh, connections where there is consistent payment flow happening 
so that a missed payment could actually just be a delayed payment in the vendor's eyes, so it's not caught as quickly. So last year, CorPay commissioned a study with a third-party firm that revealed that over 85% of respondents are either evaluating, considering, or currently implementing payment automation. What do you make of that? I think companies are educating themselves a lot more. The fintech space is creating a broader appeal. And because of that broader appeal, there's more being written about it. So there's more information out there that actually can be consumed. If you turn back the time 10 years, there's an infinitesimal amount of information out there that you could have consumed if you wanted to actually automate your AP processes. And because of not only good marketing that's out there, but I think it's also because of the value that we've been able to provide in the corporate payment space more broadly, not just at CorePay, that that word of mouth of one person being able to say, I used to pay X for my AP department, now it's a revenue generating function. I had a fraudulent activity of Y, and it would have bankrupted my company, but luckily I was partnered with this outsourcing payments provider, and they were able to catch that fraudulent activity before the payment went out the door. I was able to reduce my administrative burden of just ensuring that my payments go out the door on time because I have it outsourced and I was able to actually focus on how do I grow my company more efficiently. And there's no reason why any company out there should not be partnering with with a payments with a payments company because of the the clear value that we provide again i'm if if you think of a product out there that you can purchase to then get paid for i can't think of another product and all that it requires is for us to be allowed to process your payments on your behalf and while we process your payments we're going to try to migrate as many of those to a virtual card as we can. And from that virtual card, you have the the most fraud protection that we can provide, and you have a rebate. And it gets processed the fastest out of any of our payments. Why is it important that a payment solution be easy to implement and deploy? I think it's incredibly important for us to make the process as seamless as possible while a customer is interested in outsourcing their payments. The reason being is it does require the focus of our customers to help us implement the the solution. And that implementation is in getting embedded into their ERP. We can carry a lot of that burden ourselves, but we need, it's like playing catch. You can only play catch with yourself for so long. Eventually, you need to throw the ball to somebody else so that you start improving. Here it's similar. We eventually have to, we can practice or do as much of the work as we can, but eventually we need somebody to correspond with to implement the solution. Just like with everything else, there's always excitement for something new at the very beginning, but if something takes too long, then a company has different priorities. Maybe this was something on their docket for a couple of years and they finally were like, okay, hey, it's now or never. We're about to make these other strategic changes in our, in our organization, so we need to get this done over the next six months. And if you then miss that time window, 
they may actually just write you off yourself um, just because you didn't weren't able to meet their their timeline or uh, they may go uh, and start entertaining other capabilities out there. They may have changed their requirements in terms of what their own priorities are. And like with anything in life, the easier that you can make it, the, the more adoption you'll get. It's incredibly important to not only get the ability for us to ingest a payments file as quickly as possible, but then also to ensure that the that we deliver upon the promise of creating a rebate. So that we then start showing the value of not only are we going to ingest your single payments file and make sure that your payments go out on time, but in addition to that, we're going to start migrating as much of your payments over to a virtual card so that you start actually getting the benefit also of being able to collect that rebate on a monthly basis. Some of that migration of payments modalities does require the customer to help us convince the vendors of why they should get off of check. Because a vendor may say, well, I've been receiving checks from you for a long time period. Why would I want to accept anything else? Or, hey, you've been paying me via ACH for a while. Why Why should I accept a virtual card from you now? And having that customer be bought in and also advocate on the benefits of the payment solutions of a virtual card is incredibly impactful. And it's the way that we can then ensure that the customer actually, it's the way that we can have a customer then ensure that they extract the most value out of our product. Because what we're able to do very rapidly is actually take your payments file and ensure that the payments go out. We can't ensure that they all go out immediately all on virtual card because that requires some optimization and requires us to actually do some campaigning, which is where we actually solicit directly from vendors whether or not they accept virtual card. Not every vendor has the ability to process a virtual card. If we send a payment via an ACH, we need to ensure that we're sending the payments to the right to the right company. Right. So we need to be able to confirm those payment instructions. Think of the routing number and the account number. Uh, we need to be able to confirm that the address is accurate um, to ensure that we also provide the proper fraud protection that, that we said we would to our customers. Corpay has seen unprecedented year-on-year growth. Do you think our competitors have as well? And will that growth keep trending? It depends on what type of growth. I would say yes when it comes to revenue. We've seen significant year-over-year and month-over-month growth in the entire industry. It's whether or not it's profitable growth, though. So one thing that I really pride ourselves on is that we not only grow the top line at high double digits year-over-year, we also grow our bottom line at, at a similar or faster pace. And when you look at a lot of, at a lot of other fintechs out there, they're able to grow their revenue, but they're doing that at a very high investment rate. And to me, what that just says is they're able to grow very rapidly through the phenomenal investment that they're making on a year-over-year basis. But at some point in time, you need to start being able to turn into a profitable company 
so that you can guarantee a certain level of customer service over time. Because eventually, investors are going to stop investing if you don't actually turn a profit. And we're a publicly traded company, so we focus on the value that we provide to our stakeholders significantly. At the end of the day, that's who we all work for. And what they really look for is phenomenal growth at the top and bottom line. And I think that's something that it's a way that we CorePay differentiate ourselves from our competitors. When you partner with CorePay, you're partnering with a company that I can guarantee you is going to be here for for the indefinite future of the payment space. And we're going to continue to grow at, if not a higher pace like we have been. And that's going to be both from the investment we do to continuously improve upon our internal capabilities, but also through the external view that we have of keeping a close eye on the market for those new startups that are coming out with phenomenal capabilities that we can then ingest and uh, add on to our existing uh, solution set. What can we expect from the AP automation side of CorePay in 2023? As I hope everyone's heard uh, from, from the rest of the discussion, we're going to continuously invest significantly into our existing capabilities to not only strengthen how we service our, our existing customers, but also by building out new capabilities to attract new customers. And then, as is very traditional within the Fleet Core world, where we keep a very close eye on the the capabilities of some of our competitors or of some of the startups that are coming up that are providing new services or servicing the market in a unique way that is resonating with with our customer base that we could then potentially acquire. That was Sven Hinrichsen. President and General Manager of AP Automation at CorePay. And this has been FinTech in Focus. If you want to keep up with our news and views or people power segments, make sure to subscribe wherever you're tuning in from. FinTech in Focus is a bi-monthly podcast written and produced by CorePay, a fleet core company. To submit questions or comments or to recommend a topic, please email us at podcast at corepay.com. That's podcast at C-O-R-P-A-Y dot com. For Fintech in Focus, I'm Ron Nachman. Thanks for listening.